0: the nick salaya show we're here we're back the nick salaya show podcast form we uh took a bit of a hiatus uh after that march madness episode featuring almost all of the syracuse population including jack we took a little break had some finals uh jack how did how did school end up wrapping up for you how was it
1: we had an interesting golf season. There was a little bit of COVID that got in the middle of everything, but it was a busy April for me and my Siena golf team. And then finals was pretty busy. We got to go later this semester because of COVID. The school pushed our semester back. So we got all the month of May to kind of be on campus and enjoy upstate New York weather in May, which is actually enjoyable. So glad to be back. Glad to be home. It was a stressful sophomore year, but we're going to have a blast the next two years, Everyone, everyone in the class of 2023. Absolutely. I know we didn't really get to talk about this on air, but you were living
0: in a log cabin for a couple of weeks when you had COVID.
1: How was that? It was a, it was as good as it could have been. I didn't lose any taste or any, anything. I didn't have any symptoms. So that was awesome. I guess my room, my roommate, Timmy, who was also up there with me, it was his lake house, thankfully, conveniently an hour and a half from school, which was awesome. We got to watch basketball up there, study, hang out. By day seven, I was kind of going crazy a little bit because we were kind of on the same floor of the house pretty much because it's only a little cabin, so it's not very big. So I would drive around the lake in the afternoons and just kind of get some fresh air. But I survived COVID. I had the antibody still, so we're going to have a good summer.
0: That's what matters. That's what matters.
1: Get your, get your vaccination
0: for the uh, few viewers that are listening to this. Anyways, we, like I mentioned, we've taken a couple weeks off from the Nick's Elias show. We're all doing our own separate things, but it's time to get back on the grind. We're going to be specifically focused on the podcast side of things. Uh, all of us have some other duties throughout the summer. So doing this podcast is probably the easiest way to get content up there, which we'll be doing and expect Jack in a lot of these episodes. He'll be, one of the few go-to co-hosts that we have. So you can call it the Nick's Lion Jack Tobin show if we would like. I mean, let's get right into things. The NBA playoffs, for me personally, I don't want to talk about it too much. I mean, I'm a bit disappointed about my Lakers. Um, They disappointed me. And I can throw the excuses out there that Anthony Davis was hurt. I think it was possibly one of the dumbest decisions for him to try to play game six. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Jack, if he should have gone out there or not, because he looked awful from the start. I mean, from the tip, he he could not slide to the right side. And it seems like every time he jumped up, it was just holding your breath. Like, this guy is, please do not land awkwardly because it could become a season-ending injury for next season. It was just a rough go around for the Lakers. And LeBron, I mean, he's getting old now. He's getting old I don't know if we'll ever see a healthy 100% LeBron ever again, but it, the Lakers need a big offseason if they want to come back better and stronger next year.
1: Yeah. I was about to, I was going to mention the youth of Deandre Ayton really showed and how he was, he's just so young compared to Anthony Davis and less scar tissue and big men do not last as long in the NBA. So Anthony Davis is kind of in that point in his career where it's going to start being maybe 50, 60 game seasons on average to really make sure he's good to go for the playoffs. And it seems like LeBron is finally aging a little bit and that the 60, 65-game seasons might be expected from both of them, which is good and bad. They'll be ready for the playoffs. They're still going to try to play pretty much probably most of their home games just for the fans' sake, but yeah. they're going to need to redo that bench completely. They, oh. No Howard, Rondo, JaVale McGee, J.R. Smith, Deion Waiters. Those guys were huge in the playoffs last year. And LeBron and AD can get him through the regular season with whatever three seed next year or something, but they need a solid playoff bench, which they just didn't have this year.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. And everyone's going to get blamed on the team. Kuzma, boy, people want him gone. I mean, I've never seen so much slander to trade a guy than I've seen Kyle Kuzma over the last couple of weeks and not just him, but Dennis Schroeder as well. He refused to sign the extension earlier in the season. And now I don't know if Laker fans even want him to sign it. So I'm kind of glad. I think they're glad that the Lakers didn't agree with anything with Schroeder, but it's a long off season for the Lakers. I think they'll figure it out. Rob Palenka is a very, very intelligent general manager. And I think he will be able to figure things out over this off season. Let's talk about some teams that are still in the playoffs. Jack, you told me you've been watching some Nets. What has been exciting
1: you about the Nets? As much as I don't like either of them, they're my two least favorite players in the league just from what they did to the league by obviously Kevin Durant joined the Warriors and Kyrie kind of screwing with my Celtics for a couple of years. I um I love watching Kevin Durant play basketball. <laughs> I hate to admit it, but it's it, is, it is extremely entertaining. The shots he can hit, the passes he can even make, the defense he played on Giannis just randomly. You don't even think of him as a defensive player, but when he wants to be, it's unbelievable His his skill set. He's He might be a top 10 player all time now just because some of the shots he can hit that maybe Kobe Bryant could hit and with the extra few inches on Durant, there's certain things that he can do that no one in the history of the NBA can do. A seven-foot-tall jump shoot guy who can bring the ball up the court and then guard Giannis on the other end. He's an unbelievable player.
0: It's it's wild to watch. And the fact that there are two other guys almost at his talent level all on the same team, it's just... It's crazy. It's crazy to watch. And it makes – I mean, I don't know who can really beat the Nets. I mean, the Bucs did it last night. I thought, the, I thought the Nets series was over. I thought they were sweeping the Bucs. There was one point in game two. Milwaukee was down 49 points in the fourth quarter. 49.
1: And they're a very good team. They have two all-stars, an, an MVP-level player, obviously, in Giannis, and some solid role players, such as Holiday – who's a starter, I guess, but I consider him more of a role player in a team like that. Um, I'm shocked how bad they played in game two, especially after game one loss. You expect a player like Giannis to turn it up a notch, but his jump shot ability, his free throw ability just does not allow him to take to that next gear, which a player like Durant can do when when things are going poorly for his team. So that's a big concern for the Bucs future. Is Giannis have the ability to be the best player in a championship team? Right now, definitely not four for 17 free throws to start the series. I mean, good God. Include, I can including in two free throw
0: violations, which I've never seen from a shooter. Personally, I've never seen a free throw violation on a shooter, and he's done it twice in this series because he's taken 10 seconds to shoot the damn ball.
1: Into I was counting. I was counting during the one that he, they called it, and I got to 13 by the time they finally blew the whistle. <laughs> in, in Brooklyn, they had on the Jumbotron a uh, clock going. And once it hit 10 seconds, it was red. And the whole like out the stadium, Giannis could see that he was over 10 seconds and it went to 12 and he shot it. And the refs didn't call it. And the refs politely asked the people in Brooklyn to stop that. That is, I've never seen that before. I have never seen that before
0: for a shooter to get a free throw violation.
1: I saw That's- it once way back with Dwight Howard when he used to do a bunch of weird things when he was on the Magic against the Celtics. And I vividly remember it because it, I didn't even know it was a rule. That's. That's crazy. But yeah, I mean, Giannis, this
0: Bucks team, they they need to prove something and they haven't yet. Um, the fact that Giannis and Chris Middleton were the only two players to score all their first quarter points in game three. I mean, they took over. They both had 15 apiece. They were winning by 19 at the end of the first and the Nets obviously came back in the second, made it a close game and went down to the wire. But The Bucs really need to fall back on those two. And Middleton, as strong as he played yesterday, he needs to take that to the next step. Because when you're going against Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, you you can't just have these up and down games, almost like a wave where you decide to play well some nights and maybe take a night off. Because no offense to Drew Holiday, he's not going to put up 30 points and help Giannis win. Because when you have James Harden, when he's healthy – Remember, he is not healthy yet. It's only Kyrie and Kevin Durant when they won by 49 points in game two. They won and then by you see Jeff Green, exactly. DeAndre Jordan. Blake Griffin just so can many dunk injured players. I he- thought Blake Griffin wasn't allowed to dunk anymore. I thought he couldn't dunk, but that was a Detroit-only thing. He comes to Brooklyn, and he's looking like he can jump
1: over another Kia at this point. Yeah, and I'm starting to think that Bruce Brown or Nick Claxton could get a huge contract somewhere else. That These guys are just developing so many young, good players. They're getting so many open looks now that uh, Durant and Kyrie are on the court and p- players like Blake Griffin can dunk again. Cause they're so open. Bruce Brown's making floaters left and right. Playing Joe hard Harris and- is shooting almost crappy. 50% from the three Joe Harris last night shot. He's been playing amazing. And then just shot terribly last night. They only lost by three. And if he hits, a Below average amount of threes for him, like a third of them, he they would have won by maybe double digits. And he, I think, he went around one for eight from three, and it was a shock. And he was missing jumpers left and right, and they only lost by three. So they had Durant missing over 15 field goals, Joe Harris bricking shots, which he never does, and they lost by three to supposedly an MV in an, and an, um finals contender with an MVP level player. That the Nets are just so much better than everyone else.
0: It's it's ridiculous, but if Giannis doesn't make this a series and the Nets cruise to the next round people. I mean, people are going to start looking at him and be like, is he a regular season only player? Can he only do it in the regular season and not in the playoffs? Because he has yet to make an Eastern conference finals. He
1: is honestly that round. That's kind of a great segue to the Western conference. These regular season teams, such as Denver, Phoenix, Utah, come are doing great. And they're proving that like a team like Utah I personally call them a regular season team. I did not expect this. They got a little lucky with the Lakers getting banged up and the Clippers just aren't doing their thing. There's a lot of problems with the Clippers, but the Western Conference is looking like there's going to be a a team that's never been this far in the playoffs, going to make the finals. It's going to be awesome.
0: It's it's really cool. And, yeah, talking about each of these series – Uh, Which one one do you want to start with? Phoenix or Utah? Because I I could go with either series, whichever. I watched a little Utah last night in the first half. So let's let's talk about the Jazz then. If we're going to talk about that, we might as well talk about Donovan Mitchell. Because personally, I was worried about this Utah team, especially when they lost game one to Memphis when Donovan Mitchell came back after missing the last month of the regular season, I'm like, this team is not the same without him. He's not healthy. They're not going to make a big run, but now they're up two. Oh, and I shouldn't be, I should not be freaking out a bit too much because Dallas went up 2-0 to the Clippers. And look what happened. My heart was broken because I wanted yeah, to my, the Clippers
1: lose. my little NBA bracket. I picked in my notes on my phone. I had Utah beating Memphis in six. So I thought that was going to be a little bit sketchy of a series, but then I had the Clippers beating Utah in seven. So, I, I do think I did think LA was going to win this series, but not anymore. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think they're going to get it done anymore. But um, my when finals you have was two next
0: defensive stars in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and neither of them are stopping Donovan Mitchell. That's a problem. And Donovan yeah. Mitchell, what he had 37 last night, he's had what do you have in game one? It was over 35, right? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it, it might have been in the 40s. And in,
1: in game last night, he had 27 in the first half. Yeah, so he calmed down. He cooled down in the second half. When it's it's
0: unbelievable Donovan Mitchell's talent. And I heard this earlier from Stephen A, the man himself. He said Donovan Mitchell is the greatest jazz ever. Ahead of John Stockton, ahead of Carl Malone. I think yeah. that 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 that's going a little bit too far at this point. That's, but if he takes um, his team ridiculous. to the finals and they compete with Brooklyn. Then you can maybe argue that a little bit.
1: I I actually don't even agree with that. I think he needs do agree that at all. Of, he needs to get to like five Western Conference Finals in his career if he's going to be considered better than the second highest score in NBA history, and then the leading assist player in NBA history who played basically their entire career for that team. And they they in the Last Dance documentary they went into how hard it was to get to the finals. They had to wait almost for like the Lakers to get old. Then they had to go through Houston in the mid nineties. And then the supersonics were good and the jazz didn't even get to, they waited their entire careers to get to the finals, just to lose to Michael Jordan twice. So I think Donovan Mitchell's going to have to do a lot. What if, maybe 15 what, if years what if Donovan career. Mitchell wins it? What if the jazz win the championship? That's one thing they never did. If he, if he wins a championship, he's hundred percent in that conversation. I think his statistics, it's hard to say that he's better than the second highest score in NBA history, but obviously a championship is needed for him to be considered better than either of them. I don't, I don't care what his finishing career stats are. He needs to have a a ring.
0: This series has been fun. Um, I'm not a Clippers guy. You know that as a Lakers fan, I am not a big Clippers guy. So seeing them lose is what I like, but it's a long series. It's only Patrick Beverly. Where's that guy? He's gone. I mean, he, he has just disappeared in this playoffs. They've kind of replaced him a bit with Reggie Jackson. I kind of see a little bit of Beverly in Jackson, the way he plays on the defensive side. I'm not saying he's the type of, sc- he's a big scorer or anything, but their play styles are similar to me, but it's Kawhi and Paul George. Paul George has, he's looked like maybe that pandemic P was in his past, but this round, he is not looking like the Paul George we have really seen this entire season.
1: Yeah, Kawhi carried him through Dallas. And then last night, Kawhi didn't have that good of a game. And then Paul George played a little bit better, but he's still missing so many jump shots. And it's kind of ugly to watch. They're not a lot of them are just bricks off the side of the rim and they're not like pretty shots. It's crazy that he um he might have been a little overhyped in Indiana. And I, I feel so bad for his injury because he potentially could have been an MVP candidate at some point in his career. And that injury just completely threw him off. And he's never been the same since. And I don't think he's worth the money they're paying him at this point, just sadly because of an unfortunate injury about five or six years ago now. Yeah, but okay. I, I one of the reasons why I expected him to go so deep was the Patrick Beverleys, the Reggie Jacksons, but Rondo. Rondo is so good for the Lakers and he's been nothing for the Clippers. No,
0: not at all. And that was like their big addition. He didn't even play last night. He, The coach just did not play Rondo last night, and he was such a big part of that Lakers run last year. But with the Jazz, I mean, it's going to be tough, I think. Obviously, the Clippers in their last round, it was Luka Doncic. It was Luka Doncic's team. Porzingis was just disappeared. He was nowhere was to be found. It was Luka
1: versus
0: It was Luka versus the Clippers. It was Luka versus the Clippers.
1: Yeah, and I honestly, mean, mostly just Kawhi. It was pretty much Luka-Kawhi. It was really it, no –
0: Exactly. And for a 21 year old to be doing that is very impressive, but the jazz, they just have so many scorers. I mean, last night, six guys in double figures, Jordan Clarkson off the bench, putting up 24 Donovan Mitchell, obviously with his 37 and Gobert, Now the defensive player of the year, 13 points, 20 rebounds. This team looks is obviously much better than the Mavericks. And I think, if the Clippers are going to come back, they're going to need Paul George and their other role players to step up. It can't all be Kawhi like it was against the Mavericks. You need these other guys to step up if you want a chance to beat the Jazz because they look really good and they look like a team that could seriously come out of the West. But we'll talking talk about the other Western Conference matchup. We haven't got to that yet. Suns Nuggets. Right now, Phoenix is up 2-0, which personally, I am not surprised because they've had the two home games, but I thought... The Nuggets would maybe have a little bit more fight in them. It seems like Phoenix has really just single-handedly defeated them. And yes, they're going back to Denver. So maybe that will change things up. But what are your thoughts so far on this series?
1: I think Paul Joe, um, sorry, Chris Paul, uh, his season in the Thunder really proved himself that he can, he's still legit and he can try to get to his first. Conference Finals, I believe. I don't think the Clippers ever made it. He's still playing with that huge monkey on his back, and now he's got eight and did Walker. did. Did Chris Paul make it with the Rockets? Wasn't he on that Rockets team when? You're right. I forgot about that. That's the I Spartan that's Spartan.
0: the one Conference Finals he made it to, but never okay. with the around right that. Never with
1: the Clipper. All right, even good point. um
0: They blew the uh, three one lead. They blew the three one lead.
1: lead to Golden State. Yeah, he's he's got a huge a monkey on his monkey on his back though. If he wants to just. Get there with this team, and then potentially make the finals. And I think right now they're the favorite in the West. It's them and Utah are pretty close, but I'd lean Suns just because go bears Gobert's Gobert's obviously slightly better, but Ayton's better offensive player. Devin Booker Whew. is better than Joe Ingles at the two guard <laughs> position, and Donovan Mitchell. Chris Paul's not afraid of Donovan Mitchell. Some of these Reggie Jacksons, Patrick Bradley might be a little afraid of him. Chris Paul's definitely not afraid of him. I I liked Phoenix at this point. They're my new pick to make the finals because the Clippers don't look too good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, Devin Booker has been on another level. Um, It's great to finally see him in the playoffs and he's proving that he's not just a regular season guy that can be on an iffy team, do his 40 plus points a night and just lose most of his games. He's a guy that can win in the playoffs and he's showing that he showed against the Lakers and now against the Nuggets and I don't think – and the Nuggets have anyone to stop him. Are you going to throw Monte Morris against Devin Booker? What's what's going to happen there? You you can't do anything. You, are you going to put Will Barton on Devin Booker? There, there's They have no defensive matchup against Devin Booker, which is why I think this series – honestly, Phoenix could sweep. I Maybe Denver gets a game here and there because it's rare to see sweeps in the NBA. But when you –
1: Play style, exactly. Chris Paul's play style leads to a potential sweep because he doesn't turn it over. He's not nervous in any situation on a road game. He's been in the league so long. Wouldn't shock me if they win in four or five. The only thing thing with Chris Paul is his injury. I don't know what the deal with his shoulder is because it seems like
0: it kept reoccurring throughout that Lakers series. He got hurt at first and each game, it seemed like he was pulled out of the game and grabbing his shoulder or something. So that's the only thing that worries me. But other than that, Aiton has been... Kind of slowing down Jokic, we haven't really seen Jokic put up these low numbers much throughout the season. He's playing well. Don't get me wrong; it's the MVP of this of the season. But Aiton's held his own, and for a guy that's never been in the playoffs before to do that against the league MVP is very impressive, in my part. So I think we're going to be seeing a Suns Jazz Western Conference Finals.
1: Yeah, one versus two seed doesn't seem like a huge upset, but in reality. Lakers clippers was probably way more likely, according to Vegas, prior to the playoffs than the one-two. So it's it's gonna be interesting that a one-two is like a weird conference finals. I know, I know, I know you're a big uh big betting guy. What do you what do you think the odds were at the beginning
0: of the season? A Suns Jazz Western Conference Finals. How much money could you be making
1: right now if you pick that? My guess would be twenty-five to one or something. I mean, they're they were good teams. They're both gonna be in the playoffs. So it wasn't like two out of the blue, but it to get this far. Definitely twenty five thirty to one would be my guess for preseason odds for them to both make it. Yeah. So the the NBA has been fun, and I'm sure this weekend we'll
0: see plenty of fun matchups. Transitioning to some news that happened a couple days ago in the football world. It's been a bit quiet in the NFL until this bomb dropped a Adam Schefter bomb: Julio Jones to the Titans. So that makes the Titans have Ryan Tannehill, Derek Henry, Julio Jones. AJ Brown. Is this one of the top offense Yes, they're one of the top offenses. You think it's the best offense in the NFL right now?
1: I mean, they were tied for second last season in total yards and now they add a Hall of Fame wide receiver. I I'd still lean Tampa or Kansas City, but Titans could be 13 and 4, 14 and 3. Their defense wasn't super good last year, but I think they're going to be putting up 30 points a game right up there with like the Kansas city Tampa level of point scoring. It's going to be those three. I think maybe Buffalo close than everyone else. It's it's for me, it's going to be interesting how they work Julio Jones
0: into this offense, or they change it up because they're very run heavy, obviously with Derrick Henry um, back there, you're going to want to give the ball to Derrick Henry not take away his carries because he can put up monster numbers every single week. But you got to get Julio Jones involved because he came to the Titans assuming one to win and two, he has a chance to prove himself because he really hasn't been able to do that in Atlanta with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is going downhill at this point. It's sad to say that Matt Ryan ever since, ever since blowing that 28 to three lead, I don't think it's ever been the same with the uh, BC grad, but for Julio Jones, it's going to be interesting to see how the Titans incorporate him into this offense and but there's still plenty of issues on the defensive side. I think that's the biggest thing. The offense is stacked; like that's a very impressive offense. But it's the defensive side that I think might hold them back, and they'll need to adjust on that part if they want to make a deep run this season.
1: Yeah, they gave up. They were the ninth worst team in points allowed, and they were they gave up the uh, fifth most yards of any team last in the regular season. They gave up more yards than Dallas and the New York Jets. So that shows you how. Yes, their division is slightly better, so that makes a little more sense. Maybe not this year, but it was when Deshaun Watson was playing. Um, But it's just – that shows you how much they did struggle last year.
0: Yeah. it's So, the Titans, I think we – my prediction would be a Titans-Chiefs AFC Championship game. I think the Titans will definitely make it that far, and the Chiefs obviously have that talent and – it's it's gonna be fun to watch. It's gonna be fun to watch. The NFL offseason has been a bit quiet over the last few weeks, so this was definitely something interesting to pay attention to. Julio Jones wearing number two. I know AJ Brown wanted to give number eleven to him, but he declined it. So I wonder if we have some chemistry
1: going on there already. That I think they all want to fit. wear new numbers with the new number rules. I think it's cool for a receiver to wear two. And I know Patrick Peterson on the Vikings is gonna wear something single digits, I believe. Just changing it up looks cool. Definitely cool for jersey sales a lot of it probably goes
0: back to college and high school these guys wearing single digit numbers jack if you were a wide receiver what number would you wear would you wear a single digit number
1: i would wear 81 because when i was a little kid it was randy moss on the patriots and terrell owens wore 81 and i just always consider that the best wide receiver number
0: if you were any other position would you still wear 81 with this new rule change like imagine imagine you playing quarterback number 81 like starting quarterback number 81 jack tobin
1: does i don't know what i'd do for quarterback i've never even thought of that my favorite position to play if i ever played would have been safety i would like to be 21 or maybe cornerback 21 for charles woodson because he's one of my favorite players ever if i was in the secondary i'd love to be his number but quarterback would be interesting i i don't know that's that that's really interesting and
0: i mean we'll talk a bit about the college level as well with college football. They've been talking a bit about a playoff expansion. I want to get your thoughts on this because it's interesting. I feel like every single season they're bringing up this topic. It's like, oh, let's expand it to eight games, eight teams. Let's expand it to 12 teams, 16 teams. It seems like every other season and then nothing actually comes into fruition. So I wonder what are your thoughts about a 12-team college playoff expansion, what they're discussing about right now?
1: So as a division one athlete, I get to compete in conference championships. And in theory, Siena golf has an opportunity to win the national championship and play against Oklahoma, Vanderbilt, Texas, all those schools like that. Stanford in college football in the recent years, it hasn't been that way. There's teams that can start their season with a 0% chance to win the national championship. There's nothing they can do to win the national championship. I'm not a fan of that. Even San Jose state last year, no one knows anything about San Jose state football but they went undefeated. They should be gifted something for that. Let them play Alabama. Let them lose by 50, but give them the chance to say we can win the national championship. Just like hypothetically, like they have like that central Florida team from a few years ago, that famous undefeated team. They had a 0% chance to win the national championship at the start of the season. I don't think they would have beaten the Bama, Clemsons, whatever teams were great that year, but they should at least get the opportunity to. So with the 12 team thing, it helps out a little bit because I saw that Coastal Carolina would have been the 12th seed. I would have liked to seen I'm a big proponent of every undefeated team should be in the playoffs, even if it's a San Jose state. Let them get let them get crushed. Just let them have the opportunity to try to beat an SEC Big Ten team. Another interesting thing was it's the top four conference conferences rated winners or something. yeah. So, Notre Dame would not be in the top four, no matter what they do. They're the best Notre Dame could be was five. Even if in the AP poll, they're number one, Notre Dame's a five in the playoffs. Yeah. So I, th- I think
0: that'd be more fun. I think it'd be more fun to have more teams. It. I don't get why they take so long to discuss these things because everything revolves, it ends up coming to be about money and how can they make the most revenue? And if you're, Adding extra playoff games, you know, people are going to tune in. So what makes what takes so long always makes me just wonder like, why is it taking so long? You mentioned UCF. Obviously, if those guys don't make the playoffs, when they go undefeated, I'm sure a lot of students, yes, maybe they'll still watch the playoffs, but some might not. Because they're upset. They're like, we should be in the playoffs. So that will run down your revenue. You'll run down the viewership. You put them in, you have an entire fan base watching you. All of what it, Central Florida, I, whatever towns are in Central Florida rooting for the Knights, give the Knights a chance. Give the Knights a chance. Because you'll All have Disney World. You'll have, exactly. You'll have so many people watching your playoff. The amount of money you can make if you're college football, it could be crazy for the NCAA, especially we're not going to talk about college basketball and that whole debacle today, but college basketball is going downhill. It's really sad to say uh, Coach K is announcing his retirement at the end of the season. We'll talk about him eventually sometime, but basketball is going downhill with all these other leagues, giving the opportunities for these high school players to play at the next level. So if you're a football, you need to take advantage of this and make as much money as you can for the NCAA. So I think absolutely add as many teams as you can. If it's 12, that's cool. If it's 16, eight, regardless, give these smaller schools a chance that play well. And if they think they can beat a team like Alabama, put them on the field with Alabama. And then we yeah. will come down to reality when they lose by 60 points to Alabama. They go
1: undefeated. Yeah. If they go
0: undefeated, they should get the opportunity to lose to Alabama by 50 points. Absolutely. I 100% agree. If you're a team that goes undefeated in Division One, but you're beating teams like, I don't know, Northern Tennessee State University Catholic School, and you're yeah. beating teams like those, okay, you're undefeated. Let's put you against the University of Alabama. Let's put you against Clemson University and see how you compete. Then when you don't make it the next season, you understand why, because
1: you got yourself embarrassed on national television and the peach bowl, Chick-fil-A bowl, whatever bowl it is. And to, to go off of those two teams, I think that's the main reason why they're doing this. It's because the next three years, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama are all going to have top 10 recruiting classes or maybe even top five for the next bunch of years. They're going to be one, two, three pretty much for the next five years, just based on recruits, based on current players. They're, I mean, the backup quarterback for Clemson last year was probably a top 10 quarterback in college football. Uh, DJ, yeah, DJ Ukulele or something. And people are getting sick of it. People are going to like, get sick of the same teams every year. And that's the good yeah. thing with pro sports, with pro sports as a draft they it it cycles when you lose a great player it, it cycles and then you have a good record the other teams get the draft picks and college football hasn't really been cycling much in the last few years and i think it's going to continue to stay that way so just to add more teams it just adds more viewership because people who aren't associated with any of these schools are not interested in watching clemson alabama again been there done that deshaun watson jalen hurts the Um, just games like that over the years. It's going to be the same thing every year now. And I think they need to add teams just so they can change it up. And even Oklahoma was in it four or five times already, and they don't win. And that people are getting sick of watching them get lose by 25, just because their defense isn't good. So they really need to just add some viewership by putting these other teams in and giving Alabama a chance to lose two, three games rather than just two. And if you're, if you're
0: not a football fan or a sports person, if you go to a school like Clemson, you are going to maybe make the trip to the bowl game. You're going to watch it on TV with friends. Even if you have no clue what's going on, you'll hold your little pom-pom, dye your hair, whatever color the school is, and cheer, go Tigers, go Tigers, go Tigers. And they'll win a championship and you'll be excited. So if you look at that and you look at these smaller schools that maybe don't ever get a chance, it's just going to bring up the viewership. It's going to bring up the revenue. So I think that's the smartest decision for college football. And speaking of revenue and money, a lot of money was given out on Sunday night between Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul. Jack, did you watch that? Did you watch that fight?
1: I did not stay up and watch that or you pay didn't for watch it. it. I, had, I, did not
0: I don't, I don't it. expect you to pay for it $50. I expect you to like go on one of those websites that uh, stream the games for $50 less than you might have to purchase for it.
1: Very true. I had an early wake up the next morning and I, I probably wouldn't have watched it either way. It would have been a social event. Cause I did have some friends that watched it together. So I could have gone over there, but I had an early wake up on the next day. Um, with no ref, it seemed like a, just a big money thing. And Floyd Mayweather is a genius as he's, he might have to be really cocky sometimes and kind of not super loved off the boxing ring, but he's really good at selling himself, getting money. He he's probably been begged by thousands of people to do charity fights and stuff like this, but he said yes to this one. So good for Logan Paul. Great for Jake Paul. Cause he's now he's actually extremely talented and he's ready to start fighting some better people. And I, I think Jake Paul's career is going to start taking off in boxing, which is crazy to say, but it was all, it was good for both sides. I, I heard the fight itself. There was a lot of hugging. I did see that one thing where Mayweather punched him and, he went down just a little bit. And he yes. held him up and made sure he pushed him over to the corner and made sure it kept going, which is which is fine in an exhibition. But people didn't really want it to be an exhibition. I think a lot of people wanted to see Jake Paul get knocked out, like actually. No, I know.
0: Yeah. No, that was definitely I – was, I was watching it, and I'm like, there's no way neither of these guys are going to get knocked out. They're going to go the full distance all eight rounds because, I mean, they make more money that way. It's, it's all about the money. Floyd Mayweather made, I think it was over $100 million just from that one fight. If that's the case, put me in there to the ring. Put me in the ring. I will get knocked out by Floyd Mayweather. That would be fine with me. I might have a couple surgery bills, but I'll be able to use that money I made from the fight to pay for my surgery bills and go get me a nice car. Maybe get you a car, Jack. I mean, we could do plenty of things with the kind of money I could be making. If you put me in a ring with Floyd Mayweather and the type of money that will come in, because I know lots of people from Lyman Hall High School will want to watch me fight Floyd Mayweather. People maybe from Trottier Middle School will want to watch me fight Floyd Mayweather. Algonquin, a lot, that Southbrook community is going to be wanting to watch me, even though I'm not there
1: anymore. I think it'd be good, and all of Q's Nation will tune in to watch Floyd oh. Mayweather punch you in the face. Oh. <laughs> I, I makes me wonder how how quickly could have Floyd Mayweather potentially knocked out Flo, uh, Logan. I wonder if 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 I wonder if it Floyd would be he could great. Have if he wanted to. That that's the thing. I don't know if how hard he was trying. He yeah. was obviously
0: not trying his full. But he would have knocked him out right away. But the thing that makes me hesitate a bit is just how much bigger Logan Paul is compared to Floyd Mayweather. Like you look
1: at them standing by by side, Logan is giant compared to him. And the age difference is significant. I I just I don't I wonder how quickly he could have ended that if he really, really, really wanted to. I'm curious if it would be quick because he's
0: Floyd Mayweather or because of the size difference, the weight class difference, if it would take a bit longer.
1: Yeah. I mean, Logan's not just some guy off the street. Like he's been training. He's in extremely good shape. He's big. He's he's been getting ready for stuff like this and he's going to continue to fight since he fought the KSI that went viral. My freshman year, freshman year of college. I remember that. He's a, he's a boxer. He knows what he's doing. So I, I, it might've actually taken Mayweather a couple of rounds if you wanted to get him down. Yeah.
0: So that, that was definitely fun. And to wrap things up quick, Jack, What's one thing in the sports world you saw that you liked this week? Anything specific you've seen over the last week, maybe on social media or something that you just, maybe just enjoyed it. It it
1: cracked a little smile out of you. An almost full Fenway park. It hasn't been quite a hundred percent yet, but I think tonight I'm going to the game tonight, a Friday night game against the blue Jays. I believe it's going to be a full stadium for the first time. And I've last night watching the Red Sox a little bit beat the Astros, which is also good because No one's a huge fan of the Astros right now, Um, but full stadiums and they're really starting to come around and the weather's perfect up in the Northeast. And it's just happy to see people, young, old fans, not fans, just all together in a place. And I think the NBA playoffs will continue to do that with these cities that haven't made this far in a while, such as Utah. I think they're going to be, it's all going to be more fun to see teams like that with full stadiums. And even last night with Utah, that was a great thing to see how passionate their fans were. And sure. Beating the Clippers and full stadium, and they're all wearing the same shirts, and it's
0: great. You, 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 and some of the boys going to the game tonight. Is it you and the boys, or you and Mr. John Tobin, or who is it? Mr. Jack Butler. Mr. Jack Butler. Shout out, Jack Butler, going to the uh, good old Fenway Park, and hopefully, hopefully, the Red Sox can pull out a win because they they had a very strong series against the Yankees last weekend. and now playing Toronto, that'll, that'll be fun to see Vlad Guerrero Jr. in person. I mean, I'm yeah, sure he's the
1: is stacked right now with four good. Everyone besides the Orioles are a very, very good team. It's gonna, I think it's, it's going to be a battle to the, to the end for the ALE. So this is a huge four-game series for the Red Sox and for the Blue Jays.
0: Now, what's the uh, – are we eating there? What, what kind of things do we get into when we're at Fenway? Because personally, I haven't been there in a while. I haven't been to Fenway in a while. So I don't know what they're maybe cooking over there down in Boston.
1: I love an outside the park, either chicken sandwich or a hot dog outside at one of those little vendors. Those guys are just chilling, cooking, selling for whatever price. And I I love eating from those. They're very, very good food. And honestly, they're better than the food inside the park. So I'll I'll definitely be getting something about 45 minutes before first pitch outside the park. (laughs) 45 minutes before first pitch. You're gonna be hungry by the fifth inning. We'll have you
0: get to get up and go. Do you get up and go see those guys again making the chicken sandwiches or no? I
1: I might get the old um. Fried dough, fried dough at Fenway is very good, and I don't have it very often. No one has fried dough very often, so I feel like you have you can't just like
0: make fried dough at home. That's not a thing you make at home. You, have to, be, you have to yes. be at a carnival. You have to be at a game. You have to be somewhere.
1: It's a once or twice a year food. So I, I like the powdered sugar and exactly ice cream on top. It's. Delicious, especially by the fifth, sixth inning.
0: Exactly. Now, are you going to get that ice cream in the uh, helmet cup? If you if you uh, don't, i will be upset. You'll be upset if you don't get that.
1: It's always an option. I I used to get those a lot. I yeah, that sounds pretty good. I'll have to pick between that and the fried dough because double both is aggressive. You'll 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 have to send me a picture of that.
0: I want to see that little giant piece of fried dough the poured sugar, maybe write your name with the sugar, right? Jack on it, because those things are just ginormous. And then I want a video of you taking the cup of ice cream, dump it on top, mix it in a little bit. And then just a nice ASMR video of you taking a big
1: crunch with the red,
0: <laughs> with the Bogart red background.
1: <laughs> what? With Xander Bogart swinging away in the background, I'll be... Yeah, be a- hopefully, a- hopefully,
0: hopefully, hopefully
1: hitting a home run. Where are your seats? Where are the seats around? I think they're third baseline, pretty, pretty good. I'm not entirely sure. It's their Jack's tickets. Luckily, I got invited, and um, I think they're very good seats. I'm hoping another fan runs on the field, because last night that happened. I saw a video I- of that. And I'm hoping I get to see it live. That'll be interesting. You get banned from the park for life, so I will never be doing that at Fenway, but... Fans fans have been... uh.
0: A little uh, curious so far over the last few weeks with the NBA and MLB, just trying some different adventures, throwing things at players, running onto the field. Nothing new, of course, but
1: it's Fans always, always it. It. it's always fun when they really do missed it. it. All their all their aggression they couldn't give out during COVID and yelling at players has really come out in the last few months. Exactly. And this is gonna, this is gonna wrap things up. Uh, we've been bantering a lot. This
0: is just the start of the summer. It's what today's June eleventh. Plenty of more episodes to come if you are listening. Any last words, Jack, before we wrap things up? Go Red
1: Sox, and hopefully the NBA isn't a bunch of sweeps coming in.
0: Exactly. That's, that's what we love to hear. Go go Mets. Go Mets. We need a big series against the Padres this week. And anyways, this has been the Nick's Alive Show. We'll see you next week.